So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Episode 25 of Team Jack. Episode 25. We haven't missed one week. Cohen and I, 25 episodes. Yolan like, recording his fifth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and episode I, and I 25. left for a sensual massage halfway through <laughs> the last one. So. Episode 25, we decided quarter life crisis. I think quarter life needs to be hyphenated. Yolan? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with that. Okay. And... Um, Speaking of which, Cohen, did my typos get fixed? Uh, they are on the way to being fixed. There's a lot, a lot going on in Smodwise. Wait, what, what okay. typos? Just like Braden Allinger was described as the guest for two episodes. They left back, an N out of the, uh, which means Brandon. I can't put that on Facebook. <laughs> this is what happens when everyone who works at Smodcast is stoned all the time. <laughs> and that is come on, coming from someone who is stoned all the time. <laughs> and I was like, the, ep- the episode title is Ebersisk. After the double-headed penis monster from Willow, it goes up as Sisk Ebert. Siskbert. Yeah. Ebert and um, for some reason, my Jack Morrissey page is not featuring that is weird. my episodes. And we begin episodes. this week, as we do all weeks, with the airing of grievances. <laughs> and the cleaning out of the navel. I, I would also like to say that my toenails have grown to a length where when I step, it hurts because I can feel them digging and I need to clip my toenails. Amen. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about that Facebook stalking you, you, we were talking about minutes no, before no. starting? Probably well, not. Uh, it was funny. To you. Cohen, you had a great line. So anyway, just talking, I think Yolan started talking about using Facebook to stalk. I was just, no, I, it was more the the phenomenon of being able to chart someone's uh physical appearance over the course of many, <laughs> many years which really you yeah. were never able to do no i mean that's an incredibly unique thing yeah, yeah. can you imagine yeah. yeah yeah like we get to see these people you know the people who you get to high school with and it's like you know you go to high school with and you were saying uh well when you're in high school you don't realize that some of those people are at their physical peak Absolute and some prime. of those people are like not even formed into the the human being that they will be for their entire lives. We're all yeah. living our personal seven ups right now. <laughs> That's right. That's a Michael Apted reference, it is, right? It is. That's right. That's. I could have gotten twenty one up. I thought start start small. Yeah, exactly. Except we're not we're not we're not twenty one years lower past lower class yeah, in yeah, British. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, for anyone listening, the seven up series is awesome. tw- or twenty one or whatever you want to call it, amazing. By the, the way, for the <laughs> for anyone listening from Britain who is lower class. We really appreciate your listenership. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Quite. Chav. <laughs> um, yeah, Chavs, right. So, well, we were, yeah, that, uh, so anyway, Cohen was then that. discussing, uh, you don't have to name names, Cohen, and it's probably preferable that you not, but someone who you went to high school with who, let's say, hasn't married so well. Oh, yeah, th- this chick, and I wasn't even friends with her in high school. It was just, I, I knew her. For some reason, I'm Facebook friends with her. And I feel like I am with 80% of the kids I went to high school with in my class for some reason. Um, right. and I, I, she posted a picture the other day and for some reason it caught my eye on the feed and it was her and a dude at a restaurant 
And the dude was incredibly unattractive, so much so that I had to do, like, uh, investigation work. And then I looked in all our pictures, and, like, they're obviously either married or, like, steady dating, and they're uh-huh. in every picture together. Be sure and to describe him exactly as you described him about he, six minutes ago. He, okay, uh, he, imagine Tintin with the longest, like, shark hook nose and pointed <laughs> fucking teeth you've ever seen. He's a creepy, tall ginger that's got, like, a horror movie I'm face. imagining Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just smiling. Smiling in like every th- yellow eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same creepy fucking shark smile in every picture. Uh, he's a horrible human being. You probably yeah, should have left but, out the fact that he was that he's a ginger because I know it I'm will afraid. not be so hard to figure. He out. has he may be physically a monster, but inside, if you were to you know really plumb the depths, there's a monster, a monster within, who's a much a smaller kinder, monster, kinder, smaller monster. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's true. Everybody's physical appearance dictates who they are inside. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, that's how you can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It manifests on the it's outside. That, it's that, it's that uh, you know, shorthand that the Lord has given us. Shorthand Luke. <laughs> shorthand Luke. What's up? Starring Paul. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I'm, no. I'm giving this to you guys. By the way, and we'll just do this right on the air, but when we're finished, I have to talk to you about the Jacob thing. Oh yeah, you sent I me a text out. about that. Yeah, I, I was like, "Don't let me forget to talk to you about that." I team Jacob for the win. Went to sleep at five a.m. Why? Because I was doing work and really, is that what you call it? Skype with Vancouver. I wasn't skyping. I don't even. I don't even have Skype. Really? I don't even know no. Skype. I don't even Skype. I don't know what Skype is. Really? Um. Yeah. So I was. But then, what's lovely is that today in Los Angeles, it is pouring it is a, rain. It is a uh, biblical deluge. So I could have gotten up early. Deluge, deluge. But the but the sensation of sleeping through a rainstorm is truly one of the great pleasures. Yeah, especially in Los Angeles. In it's Los Angeles, where it's so, great, so rare, rare pleasure. So it was like eleven a.m. Raindrops on the roof, big yeah. time. That will uh, and all, in a mirror until a hill two or three hours be turning into snow in the mountains that surround our fair city. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We got mountains, reavers. <laughs> um, it's also the weekend where uh, the Hunger Games is going to do about $155 million. Not too shabby. Which will put it as the third highest opener in the history of the movie business behind Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 and The Dark Knight, I think. It made $20 million Thursday midnight or 18 Uh-huh. That's fucking crazy, right? It's crazy. The young adult trend started by Harry Potter, continued by Twilight Saga. But not continues. Uh, critically unfucking loved, though, it seems like, across the board, Hunger Games. Uh, I Mac wouldn't say that. No, it's, it's what running, rock are you living it's under? It's running like an 86% on Metacritic. Really? Or on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, maybe, critically, no, critically, maybe critically it's a claim, but every single person I've spoken to has hated it. That would be anecdotally, okay. not critically. All right, anecdotally. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you fucking idiot. Tell the difference. Learn the difference between an anecdote and a critic in your life. And albeit they weren't fans going in, but like I know like scores of people who walked out within the first half hour. Well, w- uh, three of us saw it on opening night. None of us had read the novels. Two of us are sitting in this room. I did not. One see of us it wrote yet. a spiel blog about it already. That's right. It sums up one and, of our positions, um, if not more. We know Reiki. Well, I I'll, I'll put it this way. I mean, I wasn't offended by it or anything. I came but... home and I was thinking about it. and I was thinking about the story. And I was, I, I, I liked what I was thinking about. I was like, oh, well, that was actually an interesting uh, story point. That could have been very cool. This could have been a great visual idea. But none of the choices that were made, I think, in, in getting this to the screen, I mean, I didn't like a, one of them. Yeah. I really didn't like the movie. Yeah. I was sad that I didn't like the movie. I, I kind of wanted to because it had been built up. And, and I know many people who I respect a lot who said... I found it inert. ...said, uh, you know, these are great books. They're really interesting. They're... they're Books they for young people books. that are intelligent. Although, have and, you heard? You know, uh, have you dumb down? Have you heard? As I have, uh, that everyone seems to love this first book from which from which this first movie was made. Right. Mixed on the second book and hate, loathe, and despise the third book, I've heard which that is Mockingjay. Yeah, the third one. The is, second is Catching Fire. Uh huh. Um, that the third one is the weakest uh, by the fans' accounts. Right. Um, 
And they've already made the decision and the announcement to split the third one into two movies, right? You know, you mentioned that. I hadn't heard it, but from you what I understand... Google it and see the, if they made the, an announcement. They'll be I divided they at the, the birth of Katniss's child... Renesmee. Renesmee. <laughs> and, and then the second part... And PETA is going to instantly uh, imprint on it. Yes. Exactly. And no, Gale. Gale, Gale, Gale will yeah, imprint yeah. on the child. Gale, because Gale does look a bit like an older Taylor Lautner. He looks like a, like a Taylor Lautner who's been like stretched on the rack. Yeah. Um... With Yum. Yeah, exactly. More Taylor Lautner for you, ladies and um, gentlemen. So, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to drill too deeply? No, it was just Probably sort of a, uh, a shrug for for me. We're we're looking forward to Wrath of the Titans next weekend. Yeah, we are. Everybody in this room, right? Yeah. Shut up. Come on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what if there were Muppets in it? What if it was a Muppet midair? Yeah, if were, Jason Siegel were one of the Titans, if you there would were, be there. If there, was, if there was a Korean SWAT team fighting the Titans, I would be there. That's all, all right, I could so think about. So you're talking right about the raid? That's all I could think about. Yeah, yeah, Robert Abley, who we need to have on this podcast. Oh, yes. Um, popped me the other night on Facebook and asked if we should go, if he and I should go see the raid. Uh, the last movie, first and last movie he and I went to see together was uh, Chronicle. So what do I need to know about the raid? Because my answer to Robert was, ooh, I should probably watch the trailer first. I don't know <laughs> my shit. My answer to Robert was, what is the raid? <laughs> as far as I know. What should our listenership know about the raid? SWAT team goes into a building that has 15 floors of bad guys and they proceed to kill each other for two hours? Yeah, that's what I've heard It's just too. two hours yeah. of that. I don't think there's any dialogue or stop in the action. I think it's Why just... Why did they call it bloodbath? I don't know. What's Why? it raided? R. Definitely R. It's, apparently, it's the bloodiest movie people have ever seen. A lot of people have said. Um, um, from anecdotally, from not critically. Anec- anecdotally, <laughs> from which country does it emerge? Has I it emerged? I believe South Korea, right? Oh, I-, I can find this out. I thought it was like the Philippines or something like I could that. Be, I could be wrong. Oh. Um, but they and are. What is the director? Which brand? Which franchise, which reboot, well, reimagining of, and remake is this director currently attached speak, to? But that's the thing. Speaking of franchise, uh, this is, this was, on, this was called The Raid up until a month ago, until they threw the subtitle on, which I believe is like. Right. The X-Men Raid, United. The Raid Aftermath or some shit. So they're obviously going for franchise now, which I like too. That's interesting. I always think that when they huh. threw, when they do the colon title thing, that huh. way. It's yeah, Indonesian. Indonesian. Wow. Really? It is Indonesian, I don't know that I have but it is wow. written film. and directed by a Welshman named Gareth Evans. Wow. Really? Interestingly enough. That's all kinds of um, Yeah, who directed a film called Footsteps, not to be confused with Tiptoes. Which is the best movie ever. Which is the greatest film of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you familiar um, with that, Jack? Are you on pro? Uh, are I, you on pro? Yeah. See who reps that director. That Welshman. Are you familiar with tips, tips toes, Jack? And find out what he's attached to in development. No. Okay, fine, Jack. I will. Tip I will. To- Tiptoes is a Gary Oldman vehicle uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale. It's really a Matthew McConaughey vehicle. I guess so, but Oldman steals the show. Come on. Well, he, he doesn't, doesn't he always? Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman plays a, and I'm going to use the wrong word here because I can never know the right one. Uh, okay, he's a dwarf. He plays a dwarf. Okay. Gary Oldman plays a dwarf. Matthew McConaughey marries, uh, excuse me, Kate Beckinsale marries into Matthew McConaughey's family, yes. and he's the only average size member of it. So she, she marries him only to discover that he comes from a family of dwarves, and then she gets pregnant and freaks out because she doesn't she know if her child is going to be a dwarf child. So Gary Oldman plays his older brother? Yeah, and he. As a dwarf. Like, and he, on like, his knees, like, on his knees. On his knees with the shoe trick. This film did not get theatrical release. Wow. No. But it exists, and the trailer is. Incredible. Magnificent. I, no one's seen the actual, No one's. You haven't watched the whole film, right? No, I've never Neither seen the whole I, film. But I've seen the trailer, the trailer a thousand times. The trailer you're watching, and honestly, I didn't realize it was Gary Oldman until the end of the trailer, and it says, Gary Oldman in the performance of a life. Lifetime, <laughs> and it's like, whoa, what? That's open, and he kind of talks like this, yeah, like he does, he, he does a he little, does like bit a little of the high voice. He does like a little wow. dwarf voice. Wow, um, it's amazing. It's pretty, pretty uh, incredible. But yes, not directed by Gareth Evans, who is represented by the William Morris Endeavor Agency, really, and currently has um, what's he developing? Uh, the raid. It's called, which it would be an English language remake. Right. Uh, of the raid. Of the raid. <laughs> at Screen Gems. At Screen Gems. 
uh, over at Sony. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, uh, we heard great things about this movie coming out of Sundance. Um, it was, huh. was it Sundance? Pre-Sundance. Wasn't it? Toronto. Uh, t- Toronto or one of the, one of the genre fests, I think. Fantastic Fest. Whether it's Fantastic Fest or Sitkiss or one of those. I know, I know it got a lot of play before Sunday. Yeah. But South by Southwest is where, that's what is it where was. It got, that's what it was. It first well, American that just screenings. happened. That's what I mean, but it, it was been, really quick. The, the purchase and distro was like, boom. It, I think it was aired it for out? the first time maybe two months ago once at a fucking, uh, or Buttonoma, somewhere weird. It aired one, maybe it was Buttonomathon actually. Like it right. aired once in this country and then aired. South by, excuse me, it screened once. Okay. Uh, on the TV screen in the movie I'm looking theater. for better language for the next 25 episodes. <laughs> and then, uh, better grammar. It got snapped up at South by Southwest. And it, when is it being distributed? Now. It's at the Arclight. It's already out. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that until two days ago. Pretty, pretty, uh, excited. I will see it with you and, and Robert Abley. Well, why don't we go tonight? It is out. I'm busy tonight. Really? Yeah. Skyping with Vancouver. No, I'm not. So did you guys hear? <laughs> That during a recent sports event in Kuwait, the national anthem for Kazakhstan was played, but it was the Borat version version (laughs) that was fake and incredibly (laughs) insulting. Which is about the the funniest thing having to do with Sasha Baron Cohen happening these days, which is a problem. Oh, given that he that has is a sixty or eighty million dollar movie. I've been hearing I've been hearing toward the gate bad things out of uh, out of different little creeks and cracks and walls. Concerning the dictator, yeah, they've been testing that movie for fucking three and a half months, like twice a week. I get What's invites the to them date? on the dictator. Yeah. They're uh, still editing it, from what I hear. They well, I, I happen got to, I happen to know that that's true because they're editing Hollywood. it next to me. Are they really in an office right next to me? Um, and the, hold on, where is the Paramount is releasing, and they've got a giant piece of outdoor up in Hollywood, so they're they're coming. You know. Oh, there was a bill. They had that. They've been buying billboards and posters and bus stops for like two months now for yeah. it. But it, on the, after it's that, coming trailer, up May eleventh. Yeah. Um, they got a month to build awareness. Well, oh. it's interesting that, you know... After he threw... Right, after he threw ashes on Ryan's... Oh, is that what it was? I, for, I didn't hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Whatever. He, people didn't like it. It's just sort of... Uh, it seems, it it seems like it's Borat. It seems like another Borat. It does seem exactly like He sounds like Borat. Like Borat. Or Zohan. Yeah, and you know what? Zohan? Pretty I like good. Zohan. Zohan is the only... Pretty good. Let's get into this. What the fuck? There's an Adam Sandler movie coming out where he plays like Andy Samberg's father. I saw oh, yeah. the trailer for it. Oh god. And everything it's 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 like the first non incredibly goofy or slapsticky looking Sandler film in years. However, he's still doing fucking baby voice. Like after watching this trailer, I was like, I'm done with Adam Sandler. I'm officially done. Wow. There's no reason that this adult human being should talk like this. He's fucking. It's ridiculous. It's supposed huh. to be a straight comedy too, kind of. Huh. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was done with Adam Sandler after the the trailer for um, uh, Little Nicky. I think it was. Oh, I was. <laughs> was I was psyched for fucking Little Nicky. 1997 was that? 98. Yeah. Uh, was that his last decent uh, film? So him. It goes so, Big Daddy Zohan. Zohan. Like, that's the jump oh, between yes. Sandler's Big Daddy, career. A classic. Big Daddy is his, probably his best Adam film. Sandler always had about three bits of shtick. Always. When he was on SNL, he had the little high voice. He had this guy. And then he had this shabba to do. And he, there were like three. There were like three. Uh-huh. And he did them all in his first three or four films. Too, and then it's just like really, he cycles yeah. through them again and again. And then he, oh, and then I'm sorry. Then he's got this one. Then he's got his Adam Sandler deadpan that is so just talk fucking like boring. It's so boring. Like the Punch Drunk Love fucking delivery. It, well, Punch Drunk Love it's is still a little baby voice. Exception to the rule. But Punch Drunk Love is, is because it? he's actually playing like a man child in that. Is so it? It, it kind of works. Yeah, it's a good movie. I like that movie. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. 100%. Yeah, I like that movie. It's probably the. I like every Only PTA. Adam movie I, I think watched. I I think PTA is one hundred. Yeah, I like every single one of his movies. Well, which one don't you like? Hard Eight. Pie. No, no, that's Aronofsky. that's Darren and difference? I love pie. <laughs> <laughs> I love all sorts of pie. Um, <laughs> um, PTA is what? Hard Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia. Yeah, there will be blood. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Magnolia and oh, dude, really? Magnolia is like know. my fucking shag, dude. I Magnolia. saw that twice in theaters in one day. That movie changed my life. Magnolia. I'm a big I'm Magnolia to, um, fan. Throw a little uh, clay uh, 
what are they? Clay birds or clay are they pigeons. clay discs? Clay pigeons. And then you shoot at them, right? Okay, yeah. Whatever it is. Hit it. Donnie Darko. Do we like it or we don't like it? I just want to know what you think. Loved it. Like, life-changing first time I saw it in theaters. Uh-huh. Over the course of the years, I am not so much a fan. I love Southland Tales, though. I'm a big Richard Kelly. How many Richard times Kelly. have you seen Donnie Darko? Oh, like fucking 60. And why, I think I saw it like five your, times in why theaters. Why is your affection deteriorated? Uh, honestly... The the uh, special edition DVD release, the commentary the direct, track, so called director's cut. Yeah, the commentary track killed it. Why? Um, and, and this is nothing I'm like. Curious. I, this is like the LA food truck. I think Richard Kelly is an incredibly talented uh, idea guy. I don't know that filmmaking is necessarily where he's best suited, but I I, I love the ideas he generates. However, um, Darko, there was always a feeling like. Did this guy do this on purpose, or did it just wind up to be kind of awesome? And after, well, wasn't there some rumor that that the editor was very responsible yeah. for figuring out how to put the pieces together? Totally. And then you hear him on the director's cut, which Kevin Smith is incidentally on, and he does not get it. He doesn't get why. Like he likes parts of the movie that we didn't even realize existed, and he doesn't. It was a superhero movie in his mind, and he just overexplains everything and. Really, it's just like wow, this dude kind of accidentally locked on. But is it is is it a different cut of the film that he's talking about? That no, he's just talking about the movie on? in general. Like, so in other words, like it is a different cut, but everything, but it's only thirty. It's added footage, not well, yeah. But that's that's a big difference. Thirty minutes. That's a different movie. Um, Did you not see the director's cut. No, I had my experience with Donnie Darko was I think sophomore year of college. Watched it in my dorm room on vhs you know probably one night and uh-huh. it was like oh my god was that as good as i just thought it yeah. was and right. i immediately watched it again like right away and right. on the second time i said no it took me a while it took me a lot longer <laughs> than that i was caught i was very caught up i think i was like 17 when it came out i was maybe a junior what's not in high good school. about it it doesn't really it doesn't really add up it doesn't really connect it doesn't make sense. No, it yeah, make, it doesn't it, make sense. It, it may, they all of his films make sense. It's just in a weird logic that you have to research and find out about. Like it totally makes sense, but based on a Richard Kelly, his whole fucking port verse thing or whatever the fuck it's called. Okay. Uh, with like the things coming out of the stomach, like it, logically, the science fiction of the movie does make sense. It's just, uh, I don't know why is Darko not as good as Darko first was. I think everyone kind of feels that way, though. You think? There was also a sense of, I think, discovering Jake Gyllenhaal in it at the time, which was pretty, pretty powerful. It was, right. there was a, it, the, the references to early Spielberg were great. And there was Smurf stuff and the, he, he was an ADD kid and he was taking Ritalin and like, I connected, okay, that's, maybe that's it. At the time I saw it, I connected more with that character than I'd ever have with any on-screen character of all time. I was right. Donnie Darko, I thought. Right. As right. I got older, I realized that you were Matt Cohen. Well, it was a phase thing. I think you're, a lot of kids go you're team that Coco. Fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that was like, like me and Barry Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> I really connect with Barry Lyndon. I bet you do. What, what's, what's your next movie on the quick fire? Do we like it or not? <laughs> no, I'm just interested. No, I'm that just was interested I in like that. that. I'm sort of circling back around on that movie. Darko? Have you seen Southland? No. It's... It takes a while. The first time I saw, I saw it at to the what? I saw it at the Angelica opening night with like three other people in the theater, and at one point, some dude turned to me and like fucking threw his hands up in frustration. I literally said like, "I don't know, I know, dude, fuck this guy in this movie." I I hated Southland Tales more than any piece of art I'd ever consumed in my entire life. I was furious. Right. I saw it again. I've watched it like 75 times now. Southland Tales is one of my... F- I'm, obs- I'm like a Southland Tales expert. Like, I know more about it than fucking Kelly does. Really? Yeah, it's an awesome movie. Wow. It just takes... You have to... It's not a movie. That's a thing. If you can go and into do you it... Think, do you think... Let's jump in back to Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, like certain other movies, which I... It's either... We've talked about this on in podcast episodes that I recorded by myself in my dreams, or... They're in actual previous episodes. A glimpse of the but like, um, Shawshank Redemption is a great example. Shawshank Redemption, Little Princess is a good, example, is a good example. Iron Giant is a good example of movies that Little, Little are Princess. Hey, yeah, stick with me. One? Okay. Yep. yep, movies that come out. Can't say this about Darko because I'm not quite sure, but um, Iron Giant, Little Princess, Shawshank Redemption—they're very well regarded critically. Right. They come out. 
They have botchy marketing campaigns. They don't land an audience. They're struggling from opening day on Friday, but there's sort of a groundswell around them critically, and then people go to see it, and the word of mouth is very tends to be pretty to very very positive. Mm-hmm. They try again with the marketing campaign. In the case of Little Princess and Iron Giant, both of which were released by Warner, they rejiggered the marketing campaign to try and give the movies a second shot. And maybe in one of those cases, actually re-released the movie because the movie by that point had passed out of its initial run. Certainly Shawshank Redemption. Darko, Darko and, got a second run. Darko gets a second run. And all of these movies, the thing that they all have in common up to this point, uh, beyond this point, is when they come out the second time with their rejiggered marketing campaign, all of which is now playing on, hey, guys, you loved it. Remember, you loved it, and now we figured out how to sell it to more of you and tell your friends to come see it. They all bomb a second time. Mm-hmm. So here's what I want to know. Donnie Darko, like Shawshank Redemption, bombs not just once but twice. Then he gets, uh, uh, apparently, a fuck ton of money to make Southland Tales. I heard north of $80 million. And that it makes Donnie Darko look like E.T. in terms of its gross. Southland Tales grossed 230000 It didn't break Box half a million. It definitely mojo. did not break half a million. In I like that I've just become the it also only guy. Well, you've but, got the laptop. But it's also this. Southland only played on like eight screens, I think, at most in its entire release. Right. Whereas Darko got ramped up as, right. it, as it was going. To a point. To a point. Like, Not to some Hunger Games. Really. No, no, no. And that's, and from my, like, uh, when I was, like, maybe 16, 17, there was, there was a string of, like, seven films that I'm still proud of seeing them first I'm gonna run. I'm going to want the Darko grosses, too. The, uh, yes, sir. Right away, sir. <laughs> the, uh, Southland Tales, domestic gross. Southland Tales, by the way, runtime of two hours, 24. The ca- the ca- and what is the, the con what cut? Is the, wait, wait, wait. The con- it's, it's let's a, hang on. What's the regular... approximate budget on Box Office Mojo? Which you can never trust. It's always too low. Um, the because they're lying. Sixty. They what's it, it say? Out? Hold on, it's not available. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The con. That's a good sign. The con run of Southland Tales was three hours and twenty minutes long. That's right. Have you seen that? Cut? My, it's I a regular have. Barry Lyndon. <laughs> I, ha- I have seen the con cut. You have seen the con cut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we're gonna circle back. Domestic around. I know how total gross. $275,380, which, just to put that in perspective, that's what I make in six months doing this podcast. <laughs> and the worldwide and by the, gross... But by the way, let's also remember, if that's the total domestic gross, give us the give us the number one more time. $275,380. Approximately only half of that goes back to the distributor kids. The rest of it stays out there with those fine folks who who uh, clean the cum off your theater seats and pop, the, pop that hot popcorn for you in so the lobby so that you can well. enjoy Southland Tales. However, Worldwide gross 374 it made a whopping not, it, $99 million. It did, not land him, it did not land him in director's jail, though, because after that, he got The Box, which was his biggest movie to date by far. That was the studio the gross on The million. Box. N- nothing. Better than Darko and Southland, but... Well, but The Box was a, a low-budget horror film. Lower than lower than eighty million dollars. Eighty, but I still think production. Well, production budget was thirty. Yeah, which is a lot of money. Which is a lot of money. And they done some three times, and that made fifteen million dollars, a huge hit. And let's just say, kids, only approximately half of gross (laughs) goes back to distributor. But I mean, let's so seven and a half. Let's be real. Let's be real. The the worldwide total gross on that thirty. Ooh, this is good. Thirty-three uh, million three hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred thirty-one dollars. Fifteen million net. That's yeah. That's that's nothing. That's not that was his last production film. budget. That is he in movie jail or not? Uh, he has been taught, and this isn't like personal knowledge, uh, but publicly he's been talking about. He has a, I think, an Iraq war script. That's don't we all? But that's uh, entirely real world. No fucking futuristic shit. No portals. No nothing. Like he's apparently trying to make a, a serious film next. And that's mm-hmm. the thing on Southland Tales. Um. Uh, apparently the the first version of the script which I still haven't to get my hands on mm-hmm. there was no science fiction elements there was no weirdness people were saying I spoke to someone who said um if that movie had been produced as that first script was he would have won the Oscar for a screenwriter it was like shortcuts they said it was incredible and then he went back and added in all this other stuff which is which is what huh. kind of killed it yeah yeah huh what's the gross on Darko 
gross on Darko. And Drew Barrymore made that money. Domestic too, a lifetime gross one million uh, two hundred seventy thousand. Wow. DVD. What's the approximate cost? Six million. Six million. That sounds about right. Um, What's the worldwide? Did that even play <laughs> any boring? Point boring. Worldwide is one million two hundred. Yeah, there was no wow. for, no foreign. Wow. Didn't get foreign release. Looks like. But that's what I mean about Richard Kelly specifically. Uh, those three movies are not horrible by any means, and there's definitely something to them that's in. There's right. there's something there. Right. So I, I I definitely think he is a talent. I just don't know that filmmaking is necessarily. Maybe he's just <laughs> what his talent is. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though. I don't know. Like he's, he does does it all. How though. chummy is he with Kevin? Pretty chum, pretty chummy. I feel like. He's How many done- times have you met him? Richard Kelly? Yeah. Maybe six or seven. Is that meaningful for you as a fan of his work? Uh, Was he nice to you? Yeah, yeah, totally nice. Like, like answers my, my super insanely geeky South. Every time I see him, I ask him one Southland question that's right. been building up in my mind. Right. Uh, he's super cool about it. Yeah, yeah. How'd you get your hands on the con cut? It's online. He actually was the one who told me about it. He, uh, it's like a German, it's what also, it's also the foreign cut. Okay. So if you can see the foreign cut online, it is the actual con cut. Wow. With a few glitchy parts with dialogue and stuff. Did you read but, the comic books? Uh, I did, yeah. I bet you did, Matt Cohen. I did. I, dude, I, come on. This was fucking coming off Darko. Uh, yeah. Oni was putting it out. Kevin was in it. Like, this was, yeah. you know what I mean? I saw it opening fucking night. I, I remember seeing a poster for it down at Comic Con like a, two years before the movie ever opened. It's a gorgeous fucking film, too. Even people Is who it, hate have it. Have you seen Southland Tales? No, sir. Even I've spoken to people That's who That's why hate I'm being silent right now. <laughs> the people I've spoken to who hate it are still like, I can't take my eyes off the screen, though, for fucking two and a half who hours. Who shot it? Uh, fuck. Come I, on, Cohen. No idea. I know more about Southland than Kelly. Not a fucking clue. I know about the world of Southland. Kelly knows who shot it. Probably. You would hope so, right? I would hope so. Uh, I, w- I will look that up. <laughs> um, is he a stoner, Richard Kelly? Is that is that no? So how do we explain these uh, these goofy ideas that he cooks up? I don't know. His dad built like robots and shit growing up. His dad was like some crazy aeronautical engineer thing. So he oh, really? always had a science. Kind Old of- man Kelly <laughs> in the house on the hill. He grew up in Richmond, robots. Virginia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or his dad might have even worked for Quantico or something with like craziness. Uh, huh. He did grow up in Richmond. Let's see who shot this bad boy. But um, so apparently his next film would be that army thing if that happens. Completely independent, self-financed. Yeah, if he can I get think. it financed. Yeah, yeah. Huh. The Hurtier Locker. <laughs> Cinematography by a gentleman. I'm assuming it's not loaded yet. Stephen Poster. I think that's a gentleman. Yeah. Are you familiar with his work? Yeah, kind of, but. Darko, Rocky Four, The Box, Daddy Daycare. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Rocky V. That's four, right? No, V is five. Okay, five then. Rocky. Oh, he did Rocky V. Oh, that's the shit one with Tommy Morrison. That's. Yeah, but he and did that son, before right? Darko. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's you're, not, done, you're not reading those credits in he's order. Got, that was the best stuff. He's got fifty-four credits as a cinematographer. And probably a lot of prime shit in the '80s. Um, he shoots a lot of shit. He shot. Uh, Rocket Man. Now I'm just jumping all around here. All oh, wait, right. Rocket Man about the, with the uh, what's his name Harlan Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great movie. Let's see. Let's start <laughs> with movies I've heard of. Uh, Great movie, Rocket Man, classic. Okay, he was the DP on Strange Brew. Okay, Doug, I can uh, I can get down with that. Uh, then we got that's uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. I haven't folks. heard of movies. I haven't heard of movies. I haven't heard of Big Top Pee Wee, a classic. Pfizer. What? Next of Kin? Oh, with Steven Seagal. Rocky V. Uh, Rocky V with the street brawling and the actual Stallone son. Who- yeah, yeah. Then we jump to Rocket Man. Then we go straight to Donnie Darko. Stuart Little but 2. No, let's, let's start at the, not at, technically at the beginning because his first DP credit is in 73. We're all fired up on the IMDb now. Let's talk about Blood Beach in 1980. Let's talk See, about I skipped the shit. Let's go back to this guy's name, seeing as he's now be- going to become Steven at least Post- 15 Spring minutes break. of our, our podcast here. Testament, the new kid, so the heard heavenly kid, the boy who could fly. I'll take Manhattan. So will I. He did spread the Ashton Kutcher uh, produced flick, I think. Interesting uh, credits, starring, this yeah. guy. Weird, yeah. And then ends with Cats and Dog, uh, the revenge of Kitty Galore. Now I that have, film I would have dinner with was pretty subversive. I took it up. Interesting. Stuart Little 2. 
And now we enter the portion of the show. <laughs> Where we just stare at our eyes. In which Matt yeah. and Jack look at their fucking iPhones <laughs> for 25 yeah. minutes. Um, Matt Cohen, you throw a clay disc up in the air. And Greg Yolen and I will tell you what we think of it. All right, but it, but it's got to be somehow, I like these. somehow related to our discussion. I feel like. But what discussion is that? Yeah, we're it not started with Darko. Right yeah, but I can't. Arbitrary random movie doesn't fucking work. That's just a movie I've been curious about looking at again lately. Donnie, Donnie Darko. Darko. Yes. Um, yes. Did you guys see the uh, Prometheus International trailer? Ugh, I know. Are, are we? Should we start a new weekly ongoing called Prometheus? Fucking watch. <laughs> The week in Prometheus. Oh What's happened God. this week in Prometheus? Yes. And I, they released a new trailer in yes. uh, Bulgaria. And I love that he's being... There's an uh, EPK bit that was released from uh, the Philippines. Is he being kind of cool about it all, too, in like an almost coy way, Ridley? I feel like he's been playing this Prometheus thing very fucking slickly. Like, yeah. In what way? He's like, yeah, it's going to be good. You guys will see. Like, There's been no hype about it from his end. There's been no... I think that's how he rolls in general. I get. I don't know. His movies seem a lot more get Charlie bravado filled. Typically, producer. like fucking. What was the last one? Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah. You know, and I love Ridley mm-hmm. Scott. He's one of my favorite filmmakers ever. But it's just. It seems like he's being real low key about what could potentially be his biggest film ever. Well, it could be, uh, or it could just be like, oh yeah, remember when Ridley Scott pulled a George Lucas and went and fucked up his greatest creation? That's possible too. <laughs> I don't know. Based with on the that help trailer, of Damon Lindelof, with with the help of that guy who uh, who built Lost up to. Heaven's Waiting Room. <laughs> Let us not forget. That was a secret of Let Lost. Let us not forget. The secret of Lost is that they were all really good friends forever, Heaven style. Yeah, Heaven style. BFFs to the max. That was what the secret of Lost was. They should have called that show. Send that to me in another Heaven's way. And get, really give me this. Really give give me the spoiler very thoroughly. Do you not know it? I want it now. I don't know it, I and want I want it now. now. I want it hard. And don't. Don't it's speak so metaphorically. Not, just I'm not, give it to me. Quite literally. The- at the beginning, sorry, folks, you should just turn it off at this point. At the beginning, er, in during the pilot of Lost, a plane goes down. A plane goes on down on an island. Many people are killed instantly. Those who survive, no one survives. Encounter, they yeah, all no. die. Isn't that the whole point? No, that no one no. actually survives that plane crash. No, no? not okay. at all. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I I only saw the last episode of. No, Lost. they when Is they left true? the yeah. when they left the island, they all they all really. Left. So Bill Condon. All right. So uh plane crashes, you get maybe like 16 survivors, and for like four years, they're all dealing with weirdness on an island, and there's Correct. mystical creatures and random other people hatches. we don't know about, and hatches, and this mythology, and Smoke all these... Smoke monsters. Totally, totally, mm, totally. Yeah. Polar bears. Mm. Um, at one point, they get off the island. Mm-hmm. A, a core group of them, like eight of the main characters, leave the island, go to normal lives, have like a year away, and all come back again. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because the island was drawing them there, because they had to go find out what the mystery was. However, fucking cut to six seasons later, the mystery was thus. There was no fucking mystery. None of the shit they set up on the island ever got answered. We never knew what the island was, why it was there, what gave things powers. The only um, uh, closure we got on the entire show was that we then cut uh, Jack, the main character, Matthew Fox, dies on the island. Mm-hmm. After a battle with a with a b- the main bad guy of the show, he closes his eyes and dies. Siler, Skyler, no, just uh, kidding. No, no, no. Anyway, he uh, Cylon. He wakes back up and uh, everyone is basically gathered. Oh, at this point, also <laughs> they multiversed it the last two seasons, oh, so they were on the island sake. and also in this weird <laughs> alternate future where everyone they ever knew was there. Basically, that was purgatory, we find out. Basically, anyone who ever went to that island was connected in some weird mystical way. And when they died in real life, whether it be on the island or off the island, they got sent to this purgatory together where they all had a shared purgatory. Which is the island. No, which isn't the island, which is like fucking California. It looks like this. It looks like the normal world. Okay. They all have jobs and they all have families and they never went to the island ever. Okay. Uh, they wind up in a church where they now remember going to the island, uh-huh. and they're all sitting there and hugging as a bright white light floods in, and basically that's the end of Lost. Yeah, this just and sounds People have a problem better. with the way Ron Moore wrapped up Battlestar. <laughs> the mystery of Lost really? was that they were all really good friends and were going to go to heaven together. That's right. That was what... And they didn't answer a single fucking question. That was what they did. Wow. Hereby, you just guaranteed... 
that I will never, ever I will take that series if on. If there's ever. any, if I can make any recommendation based on any form of entertainment in any medium to any human being in terms of like read this book, watch that movie, don't, don't fucking watch Lost. Okay. It is the single least satisfying entertainment experience I've ever had in my life. And I would say, see Barry Lyndon. It's just an amazing. I don't love that. I don't love Barry Lyndon. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's a long. masterpiece. It's directed it's by Stanley Kubrick. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Are we at three it hours? Ju- it was just uh, released finally in high definition on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. I do yeah. have it. Yeah. Is it. Is it? Are we pushing three hours on Lyndon? Oh, easily. Yeah, it yeah. is a phenomenal, beautiful film, and it takes a while, but man, it pays off. And you know, he lights whole scenes in that with candlelight. He lights whole sequences. With only candles. Now I'm going to embarrass myself. Room. Who is main? Who is Barry Lyndon? Uh, Ryan O'Neill. Okay, that's what I thought. And yeah. who is Barry Lyndon? He is a. Uh, he's like a a ne'er do well scamp. British vagabond. He's a <laughs> vagabond who has many adventures and climbs up the social ladder in uh, in uh, England. Huh. Yeah, it's based pretty, on the b- based on the Thackeray uh, okay. book. Okay, Lord Thackeray. Lord Thackeray. Right. I want to be a lord. Um, What's Kubrick's ratio? What about that? If we're if we're talking about uh, good to bad, is he in movie jail? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you think Someone, a- it's time to let Kubrick out of movie jail? <laughs> you think he's one hundred percent? Yeah, in the scheme of things, absolutely. Eyes wide shut. No. no. Yeah. Nope. Yes. I was watching 2001, kill it for me. I fucking can't watch 2001. It's the most boring film ever made. Well, now. Well, that's Matt a Cohen. very stupid statement. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking obelisk spins Matt for like Cohen, an hour. things can be boring to you and yet still be yes, incredibly South important. Yes, Tales this, con cut. This is called <laughs> A Work of Genius. 2001, <laughs> fucking boring. I've cut, the, never, cut the mic. Cut the mic, Jack. Can I've cut never, the mic? <laughs> is there an admission? I've never made it past like the 30-minute mark of 2001. I haven't been Here's able to the thing about well, 2001. I'll say that certainly validates your position. 2010, then. directed by Peter Hyams, who was in movie jail for the rest of his life. True. Um, I far, far prefer to 2001. That said, I respect 2001. Oh, of course. What it is, its place in history, what it led to, all of it. I totally respect it. Wh- but 2010. It's the movie that I watch if I'm in the mood for that stuff. But hang on just one second. Yes. Eyes wide shut. Okay. Talk about luring you into the tent. This is also the week, by the way, not only that Hunger Games does, opens and sort of, you know, creates itself, but uh, this so-called mommy porn book, Fifty, Sh- uh, 50 Shades of Grey, mm. which, Matt Cohen, you've not heard about. I have not. Let us educate you, friend. Now we're, now we're getting somewhere interesting. Which starts off, st- uh, began life as a piece of Twilight fan fiction that was released, I believe, one chapter at a time yeah, online, online for free, I think. I think you're right. Um, written by a woman. Some woman. I think under a pseudonym. Let's call her Some Woman. Some Woman. Yeah. And um, it's basically about, uh, it's about a sadomasochistic relationship that... A, Dece- a May-December romance involving a... Could you explain, please, the term for us, Greg, May-December? Yeah, May-December, if you're thinking about your life as being along the line of a year, May, you'd be uh, right before your midway point. You'd be early, early middle age, maybe, still in your youth. And December, you're an old fuck. So this is about, this is about, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you're like, you're like 40 years old or something in December. Um, so this is about, a, I believe, a young playboy billionaire genius, uh, who in the original version was Edward. And then an older, uh, Twilight mom character, uh, who I believe, uh, in the original was called, uh, Bella. And, That's right. And there's a, I think, a, a hard sex S and M element to. It's the kind of th- film that, when it is ultimately made, and it seems like it is going to be, will be an R. There is no way around it. There is no uh, oh, cutting I think to the, you know, panning to the NC wind, blowing to the curtains. There be is an NC seventeen. It's nine and a half weeks for a whole new generation. Yes. Sounds like the Anne Rice erotica. If you guys have ever uh, been up on that stuff. It is. Uh, by the way, the, it's a number one New York Times bestseller. Although it has never, as far as I know, been published, printed on paper, which uh, is all about to change. That's pretty The author is a woman, is a British woman named E.L. James. 
James. Yes, number one in the New York Times digital bestseller list, along with the rest of the trilogy at number two and number three. The book will be released in hard copy in the States uh, next month. Still, uh, it's easy to, as People Magazine writes, and I quote, it's easy to speculate why it's best enjoyed in the more furtive form of a tablet or e-reader. Because it's trash. So you can jerk off to it? <laughs> yeah, you can jerk off and it's won't, easier to the balance. pages won't yeah, stick yeah, together. Exactly. <laughs> Ew. Um, you can run iTunes at the same time. The heroine is Anastasia Steele, spelled like Remington Steele. She began <laughs> life as Bella. And uh, her man is named Christian Gray. And he's a revamped Steel Edward, although there is, there's no, there's nothing, <laughs> super, nothing supernatural uh, in this series. Well, of I'm vampires. out. Man. Yeah, fuck it. I'm out. You mean to tell but me there's not a big, single it's, sparkling vampire? It's a big S&M thing, dude. You mean to tell me Abraham Lincoln isn't fighting werewolves? Yeah, uh, I, we're not is. interested. If there, if there isn't a U.S. president fighting a fictional beast... Or Fuck Johnny it. Depp. Or, <laughs> or, or Johnny Depp. Or Johnny, fighting Johnny Depp. Or Johnny Depp Frank playing Frank Santo uh, wrote in New York's vampire. Daily News, the book is pornography, plain and simple. It's a kind of pornography that attracts only women, and thus far, it is selling off the charts. He also notes that, for me, being a straight white male of rather vanilla sexual inclinations, and we're so sorry for you, Mr. Santo, <laughs> the experience of reading Fifty Shades <laughs> yeah. of Grey on the subway was enough to make me feel like a complete psychopath and as we speak kids or as we record this uh there is a huge bidding war underway out here in hollywood for the rights to this the movie rights to this trilogy um i got educated you only just reminded me of something i'll interject real quick and then i got a a swoop out for a cancer stick however uh we (laughs) talked last week about the dark shadows trailer yep i watched it Yep. That's the only Tim Burton movie I've been excited to see for like a decade. That trailer got me. I want to second him on a very unpopular opinion, which is I thought that movie was Mars Attacks when I was looking at it and looking at Uh the trailer, and I like Mars Attacks. Yeah, it looks fun and campy and and like old fun Burton. Like He's not taking himself fucking seriously, and there's not... Well, it's not a kid's movie, which I'm excited about. But the Mars Attacks comparison you have to make is... Or you don't have to make it, but the where it's the... Relevant question that you're asking yourself is in this summer of summers, in this year that we're we're three months into now. I know Dominique meant to be a record breaking year for the movie business after last year was a quite the opposite. Um, is this going to be a box office disappointment? Yeah. yeah. In the way that Mars attacks, even more so probably. But doesn't mean it doesn't mean it won't be the best movie made this year. Although we've already seen that movie. It's called The Younger. Oh wait, oh (laughs) Oh, it's called The Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part Two. (laughs) Sorry, Um, sorry, it is. But yeah, box office not necessarily a measure of quality in either direction, obviously. But it's like. Is it going to dis- Is it going to be a disappointment? Is Prometheus going to be a box office disappointment? They're working their asses well, they don't, off they don't have to make sure that it's either. not. They have any names in that besides Fassbender, who's not a name yet? It's Charlize Theron. Oh, okay, I forgot. Charlize Theron's in Prometheus. I mean, listen. The, well, the 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 excitement building around Prometheus is one thing within our circles. Yeah, I. When I have said to people who are not in uh, the the geek circle, so to e. speak, e.g., your parents, e.g., my parents, they've never heard of it. Oh my god, Prometheus! They don't know what the fuck they it is. And when I say, Greg, it's a why are you going to- on again about that Firebringer? <laughs> that was thousands of years ago, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> um, I like that it's thousands. <laughs> it, was, it was thousands of years ago. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, so. Okay. No, okay, so Fifty Shades of Grey. Porno. Jumping back to Eyes Wide Shut. Talk about luring you into the tent with the promise of what you were going to see, the taboo, the sexual underworld, including and not limited to Tom Cruise, you know, stumbling into the snake pit sex party out on Long Island where everybody's wearing the coolest masks you've we, ever it's, seen. That's how we roll. It's and, awesome. um, I mean... And... They don't. E- they don't even get his shirt off. It's ridiculous. I. Uh, it's ridiculous. I love that that's your problem. 
He's well, such a gay problem with Eyes Wide Shut. It's Tom Cruise. Look, I'm me. not that interested, but it's like, if we're really going to be transgressive here, and we've got the husband-wife movie star team, are, so are we going to watch them fuck or not? Uh, no, evidently not. No, because it's it doesn't have the cur- doesn't have the courage of its com- well, well, it, well. Be that as he, it may, he brings up a good point, which would be a historic occasion, and we should record that on yeah. He capture that on film. Cohen drops a good point, and then he goes out to kill himself with a cancer stick. <laughs> um, no, you know, eyes wide shut. Listen, it's been a while since I've seen it, uh, yeah. but it is a wonderful performance by the late Sidney Pollock. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is, and it was recast. I think it was Harvey Keitel for like fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, that guy has bad luck, man. Apocalypse Now. They send wow. him home after a couple of days. Wow. Um, By the way, when was the last time Harvey Keitel even fucking worked? Oh, there was some weird thing with him. After the ten, after the Tarantino revival, it's yeah, like... Yeah, no, it's interesting. Oof. Uh, listen, you can, you can say that Peter Hyams' 2010 is a film that you prefer to 2001, but if you're talking Lifetime Records... I mean, Stanley Kubrick, he he beats all. He beats all. Does he? Yes, he does. <laughs> That's Every, the quickest everything. cigarette ever, dude. Strange Love. Did you bring the lasagna? The Killing. The lasagna. The la- I don't know what he's talking about. I just want some lasagna. Clockwork Orange. Even, you know, even fucking Full Metal Jacket, which is not a perfect film, is an amazing film. The first half is amazing. The first half is perfect. Yeah, yeah. The second half is really good. Totally. Put it together. What's the best v- What's the best movie made set during and or about the Vietnam War? Full Metal Jacket, in my opinion. Better than Apocalypse Now? I, it, I would say another Apocalypse boring now. one for me. I prefer I, Apocalypse. I, I think I've said this on this podcast. I've only tried to watch I prefer the... prefer Hamburger Hill. I've only tried <laughs> to watch The Redux, which I think is like three and a half hours. Yeah. I've never made it to Kurt's. Really? That's how bored I get by Apocalypse Now, yeah. Wow. I get bored. Dude, it took me like tw- 20 viewings to watch Can I give you some, I'll just let me give you a little <laughs> viewing advice for Apocalypse Now. It's, there's like a list. Do of, like I do, smoke yeah, a big yeah. fat bowl, settle in on your couch, and just like go and just back, watch it. On. I've tried. Have you there's, tried marijuana? I, I'm, I'll look into it. I'm going to see if my doctor, see if my doctor lets me. You know, we live in Los Angeles where you can literally walk into a store and buy it. There's maybe, <laughs> there's maybe five films that I, I love own, LA that I own and I've attempted to watch, but turn off due to boredom and I've given it multiple tries. Um, Blade Runner. Donnie I, Darko. Yeah. Blade Runner. I finally watched all the way through after like 15 different attempts. I like it. Jack and I are just looking at each other. Uh, <laughs> New World. I've never gotten past the ten minute mark. What? Fuck Malik. I can't. I can't do it. What? What title? The, the New, New World. world. The New oh, world. I thought you said Mean Girls. Oh no, no, no. Mean what Girls the is fuck? the <laughs> most boring movie. <laughs> I know it's a classic, <laughs> but like I'll never even attempt the New World again. Like fuck Malik. There's no way I, that, that's going to be anything that makes yeah. my brain. Uh, know. You know, you say that, but Tree of Life just like picks up. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't. It's let like the up. raid. It doesn't let up the whole time. It's a nonstop adrenaline rush. Even Thin Red Line, like I don't. I no, it's I, boring. He's probably my least favorite filmmaker on the planet. Yeah. I did. I did. However, I can't believe see they still him give him money. A few weeks ago, Terrence Malick. I did yeah. see Terrence Malick in person, which was like you know, it's like a Sasquatch did you, sighting. Did you keep. Did you keep your uh, undergarment that you spontaneously and disagreeably soiled? Well, I didn't. I didn't soil it, Jack. I mean, I I spritzed. You made a little poopy. I spritzed. Did it take? Did it take him like forty five minutes to walk in front of you because he had, to, he had to be lit by like the fucking sunrise and we had to three sixty move around. He had to get away for his sunbeam. He had to get it just right. Yeah. Um, I I actually would not have recognized him. I, I wouldn't. With, I, I wouldn't recognize, recognize him. Yeah, and what did Condon say? Well, he he spritzed too. That was the that was the. Do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? And I was like, no, it looks like Peter Boyle or something like that. But he's been dead for five years. Oh, is it dead? Peter Boyle? Boyle? He looked like Peter Boyle. Yeah, that was my first my first thought. Um, wow. Wearing like big orthopedic shoes and wow. you, know, uh, you know, not exposed to sunlight a lot. Clearly, wow. Um, How do you feel about Tree of Life? Uh. I thought, you know, parts of it were really great, and I thought that the Sean Penn portion, uh, which I, Sean Penn apparently agrees with me on, was, like, completely wrong, and that ultimately the film, you know, goes to a place that's very pat and not very interesting. Huh. 
I'm kind of interested in watching it. Are we going to get it, some longer cut of that too? It gets it gets good. Can There's there like a portion a of that film that's, that's really good. Yeah. And when he goes back to the sort of, it's like Terrence Malick's Genesis. Yeah, the which dinosaurs. Is the birth of the universe up to the dinosaurs. It's pretty fucking great. Really? Yeah. I, I used Kubrickian. To be very Kubrickian, and then he and then it's. How long a seg- segment is that? Is I would that say that, the the mid, that really the middle, like the the lion's share of the film, the biggest portion of the film is very good, very very good. If, and when the, the Brad, dinosaurs, the Brad Pitt the story, yeah, the Brad Pitt story is really good. Brad Pitt is very good, but but this the framing the device dinosaurs? that he uses, what? Where are the dinosaurs? where are they? They're about tw- they start about twenty five thirty minutes in. Okay. Um, the, Does the whole movie then, start with like the Big Bang? No, it sort of goes back to that. Okay. Um. But then, but then this Sean Penn shit, he's like walking around this office building and he looks confused and then, ugh, it's stupid. Hmm. Oh well. Read my Spiel blog review. I read your Spiel blog I've, review uh, for Hunger Games. I used to Hilarious. be, I, I think it was probably Thanks. like late nine. I read all your photo captions. Maybe like 97, <laughs> 98, they started, every movie was like three hours long and you wanted it to be. Like everyone, yeah. I just, now, I watched Nobody Girl. Wants I watched that. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo the other day on yeah. Blu-ray for the first time. Yep. Um, Keith Clark's spe- uh, specials are awesome, by the way. Uh, really, they're good. called documentaries, Mike. All right, uh, and they were also they were made by David Pryor. And I'll find Keith my Clark. words. Let's get it. Right. Um, really well made, like shot great, acted great, but it's like three hours long, and there's like seven fucking acts and four stories. It's not a movie. I I don't understand right. how you can watch it in one setting. It took me an hour and twenty minutes to realize what I was watching too. They just throw what? a lot at you really fucking it's quickly. True. It really doesn't cohese. Well, but that's the problem with with the the story as well. And I hadn't read the books or knew it's, anything. I, I hadn't read the books, but I'd seen the original film. Right. And it really, it's one of these things where the the main, the real heart of it, which is Lisbeth Salander and this like rape revenge. Was a B is a B plot. It's a B plot that, but it's also the best plot. Yeah, and, yeah. And it reaches its climax in the middle of Act Two, and then it's done. And there's like a whole other movie to go, and then you go, and then it goes to the other movie, and then you go back to this weird new movie no one knew about, where she's blackmailing the guy that blackmailed. It, exactly. It, it there's too there's too mm. much material. It's unwieldy. I've heard if they do make the other two films, if they get crazy, like her family is like a family of super villains or something. Someone was telling me basically. <laughs> yeah, I I only, I just watch the first one. Uh, no, I made it through the second film too, but I really didn't like it, and then I was like, oh, forget. That. However, I do like her a lot. I thought she. How was many novels great. are there? And she is in. Three. Prometheus. She's in Prometheus. She's fantastic. There are three novels. Three novels. Yeah. Girl with the dragon tattoo. Girl who kicked. Girl who played with fire and girl, girl who kicked, kicked the, the hornet's, hornet's, hornet's nest. And right. same sort of deal with the Hunger Games. First one beloved. Second one well liked. Third one not so much. Does the C- Daniel Craig character remain throughout? Yeah. Okay. Huh. It's a two hander. It's like the Rush Hour series, except instead of Jackie Chan <laughs> and Chris Tucker, it's. <laughs> A rape victim goth chick <laughs> and a disgraced journalist <laughs> with demons and alcoholism. And we don't know at this point whether we're ever going to get the next two movies. She claimed at the Oscars that they're shooting back-to-back in the fall, but... She doesn't know. Rooney Mara said, but no Fincher, they said. I've heard. She doesn't know. But Zal- no no Fincher? Zalian's going to write them, but no Fincher is what I've heard. Yeah. I don't know about that then. I don't either. I thought the movie was pretty good. Uh, yeah. It was shot. It was beautiful. But no shot. one, no one that I know who's seen it has said, oh yeah, great movie. I actually, as I was finishing it, I was like, I wonder if this is anyone's favorite movie ever. Yeah. I don't think so. Statistically, like, yes. It has to be, but what a weird fucking person. If, if Southland Tales is someone's favorite movie, <laughs> then the girl with the dragon tattoo must be someone's favorite movie. Probably. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's no Barry Lyndon. <laughs> oh, we're at an hour. Look at that. We got there. I'm proud of us. That guys. was easy. Yeah, yeah. It was easy. We just need for movies to come out between now and next week so we can do Ra- this again. Wrath of the Titans. We'll have seen it by Titans, next weekend. Uh, by the time we're all sitting together again next week, and we'll have seen Wrath of the Titans. Yeah. That's Friday night for sure. I'm there. Yeah. I got no other plans. Vancouver. I just, I just have this big. Fat joint, just waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting for a Sam Worthington movie. <laughs> you know me, I love Sam Worthington movies. And then, is there nothing between Wrath of the Titans and the Avengers? Um, yeah, is there April. like nothing April? in April? What comes out in April, you guys? Anything good? 
March something comes out on March thirty. Uh, that has outdoor up. Uh, American reunion. Yeah, yes, that true. comes. I've seen a lot of posters for that. Let's ch- let's check it out here. April movie releases. Here we go. April twenty twelve schedule and calendar. Um, a look well, ahead, folks. Titanic three D, obviously. Nice. Which they're actually expecting to do quite well. I will see it. Um. Uh, the, uh, the Three the, Stooges comes out on April 13th. Thank fucking God. about that. I'll be there. Uh, Lockout, the Guy Pierce, um, Luke which, Besson film. Which looks cool, like the sci-fi jail good. thing. With yeah, he, is he it Maggie Grace? It's him and Maggie or Grace something. or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Escape from L.A. in space. So. Wow, <laughs> yes. is that the second Luke Besson film in a row with Maggie Grace? I wonder if they're doing it. <laughs> Taken. Uh, Isn't she in Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn? Yeah. Parts one and two. Who's she play? Close personal friend of mine. Um, she uh, she plays Irina Denali. Uh, who? The, the offending. The she offending. She's a hot blonde lady. I don't know. Who right, she right. Yeah. She looks like Lynn Redgrave. She does a little. She's very good looking. That her. is a lost uh, gal. That was her first big thing. Right. Really? Lost. Exactly. But she died first. Um, the. Uh, Oh, you know what comes out in April that uh, is getting bad advanced word, which actually doesn't make me happy, is The Raven, starring John Cusack. Oh my god, it looks fucking terrible. Why did they make it? I really, I really wanted that to be fun. Why did they make it? Who is it, McTeague? Yeah, it's McTeague. James McTeague. He directed V for Vendetta, who started off as the Wachowskis' second unit director or stunt coordinator? I believe he was second unit. Okay. Um, Edgar Allan Poe... My problem with that movie is he's not any, he's a great, he's not a hero or anything. And like at one point. Some he, version of this script at or one point this idea has been floating around for 20 years. Totally. But if they made connecting him. Connecting all the stories <laughs> together and putting him at the center of them. But there's a shot in the trail where he's like. It's yeah. the oldest script in town. There's a shot in the trail where, where he's talking about in reference to the bad guy. And he's like, I swear I'll kill him. And it's like, okay, Edgar Allan fucking. What are you going to do? You're not a gunsmith. You're not fucking a physical brawler. How are you going to fight him? a sharp pen. Yeah, didn't he have syphilis or something like that? Yeah, he did. He had yeah. a lot of shit. I'll on. kill him with my syphilis power. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got in that release schedule? Not much, I'm man. looking right now. April? It's pretty, it's pretty bare until the Avengers. Which Cabin in out. the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. That's going to do well. Cabin in the Woods, House at the yep. End of the Street. House at the End of the Cabin in the Woods. Street. Yeah, I don't Cabin at the End of the Woods. I don't have a good feeling about House at the End of the Street. Cabin in the um, Woods. And then, strangely enough, they're re-releasing A Thousand Words starring Eddie Murphy at the end <laughs> of April. Just to, just to see if they can get anyone. Really? <laughs> oh, okay. I was shocked. I was like, wow, that's... <laughs> then The really? Avengers starts, Five kicks off the summer Indian. movie event season. Yes, that's true. You, uh, guys, you guys missed a lot of cool And what's stuff. the next movie out... Uh, in that season, Pirates, Band of Misfits. Uh, what, what did we miss? Cares what did we about miss? That. Ardman, I care about. Coco, that. what did we miss? Nobody. Cares. We missed uh, <laughs> Pirates, the Ardman flick, which uh, five year engagement, the Jason Siegel, Nick Stoller, their opening day. Forget it. First What's show. What's the next one? That's about it. Then we go right to. What's uh, after the Avengers? May. Let's look. I'm already after the Avengers. <laughs> Uh, after the Avengers, what is what has the gumption What's to open the next event to near that film? Battleship, Oof. May eighteenth. Can't wait. Well, there we are. The yeah. war, the war for the the Earth starts at sea. Heads will roll. Men Heads Black, will roll. Men in Black, Black Three Tower. The, Men in Black Three. The week after that, so I guess they're not worried about crowding Battleship. No. <laughs> but you got Chernobyl Diaries opening same day, so who knows what'll oh happen? God. People it's love Orin fucking Paleo or whatever. When's uh, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> Vampire Hunter? Uh, summer? Let's take a look. Fun, fun, fun. I'm uh, kind of shocked that there that in all the previews for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, there is not a single tongue in a single... June 22nd is oh, Abraham Lincoln. Straight, it is straight up like... horror movie. Abraham Lincoln. It's opening same day as The Brave. Does that mean that we don't care about Pixar anymore? Is it The Brave or Brave? It's Brave. It's Brave. opening same day as a Pixar flick, though. It's counter-programming. Is it? I guess. Yeah, right. I don't uh, think they're competing. Uh, yeah. June, you got Piranha, Snow White... Prometheus, Madagascar, or whatever that word was, Madagascar three, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that word, Ro- Rock of Ages, GI <laughs> Joe two. It's a big month, man. 
Yeah, uh, Magic Mike. Well, we've got you a lot all to, know you want to see a Soderbergh, Channing Tatum strippering movie. We've got a lot to talk about. And just to wrap things up, uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, Dick Cheney's heart for uh, successfully being taken out of his body. Good luck to you, buddy. I'm sure you'll find somewhere better. <laughs> <laughs> Would you explain that to me? He died? Dick Cheney had a heart transplant this weekend. They didn't put really? a new one in? So I just want to congratulate his old old heart for finally getting the fuck out of there. Good job, man. <laughs> Keep reaching for that rainbow. It can only get better from here. Where should it go? <laughs> the heart of darkness. Heart, if you're listening, you can check out this show on Facebook at team <laughs> underscore Team Dick underscore Jack. We're Dick, also on Dick Twitter. Heart. Team underscore Jack. Jack underscore Morrissey. At Greg Yolen, Y-O-L-E-N. At underscore underscore. And, and underscore. C-A-M-E-L-T-O-A-D. Underscore. At Dick Cheney's heart. You can <laughs> subscribe at iTunes store. You can listen to it underscore. without ever letting us know that you listen to it. You can... Click download. If you click download, we do know that you get counted as a click. What else? You it's all it's all the Patriot Act. Read the Patriot Act. Um, we have the right to We have the right to check your clicks. To check out, to check out if Show you us your clicks. Podcast. Show us your clicks. <laughs> twenty five episodes. Boom. Quarter life crisis. Episode twenty five of Team Jack. That's it, right? Here, here. Maybe next week, by the way, here's a taste of things to come. We have a badass new theme song. Uh oh. Oh really? That Christopher Hogue wrote for us. Good oh. uh, we have a we have an opening and closing theme song. We're very fancy now. Do, 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 do. Not dissimilar. Do, 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 do. So anyway, that's it. We're out. Cheerio.